0: Hello, one, hello, world. TV online podcast. I'm your host, Chris O'Brien. <laughs> Football's not coming home. Fuck off, please. Fuck off. It's not coming home. I mean, last week I said Jay White should cut himself and I shouted over a Rap Pro, but this might be the most controversial thing I can ever say. Football isn't coming home. Fuck off from my newsfeed. Now we're going to be talking about the G1 special in USA today. Um, the, the great matches, the good crowd of a shy of a shy commentary, for <laughs> really. Really shite commentary. J yeah, yeah, doesn't have it, and he's at the natural age where he would lose it. So it doesn't... That, that makes perfect sense. But what's going on with me? I just got tickets for Shug's house party nights one and two. Uh, nights one and two, for so both nights, but there's only two nights. And it's going to be great. I'm seeing Walter live. That's going to be amazing. Um, Jeff Cobb, who I will be praising heavily later on in this podcast. It's just going to be so amazing. He is so amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to ask to avoid one nutter. Um, But the storylines in ICW recently have been great. I love what they're doing with Casey. I hope they stop heart shotting the title, because it's just been hot-shotted since, really since the Hydro. Like, no one's held on to it for all that long. like right? For more than one pay-per-view, really. So they really do just need to keep it on the one person, which I'm sure they, d- they will. I icw run that's stupid, but but unless it's their main title, we don't seem to give people too long of runs. Um, the match I was most looking forward to, which was Joe Coffey vs. Matt Coffey, has been cancelled, but, you know, WWE obligations, they're on to bigger, better things. I'm happy for him, Joe Coffey. is my favourite guy on the, well, he's no longer on the independent scene, I guess, but he's my favourite guy. He was my favourite guy on the UK independent scene. Never saw a match with him I didn't love, especially live. So, yeah, I'm sad to see him go, but it's still going to be great. Because <laughs> he's Jeff Jarrett, that's going to be... Oh, I hope there's memes. I hope there's memes involved. <laughs> I hope there's memes involved. Fucking last week, finding out he was a champion in AAA. Jesus Christ. But no, we're going to be getting into do one special in USA. So let's just jump into it. I'm really looking forward to talking about this. What I will say, starting off, is that... The, as I mentioned this before, the commentary was awful. I don't know why they used JR and Josh Banner. I mean, I understand for your access TV show. You don't w- really want to use for Japanese commentary and get in Kevin Kelly and um fuck what's the <laughs> Fuck he's the good one. Don Callis. In might be a pain in the ass, but wife of this show, I don't get it. It's not gonna draw people through the house, it's not gonna encourage people to watch. I hate JR doesn't have it anymore. Josh Barnett never really had it. He makes some awful jokes, especially last year as we touched on and just, JR keeps getting people mixed up, and we don't, If like, I don't mind people not knowing things, but you are literally trying to put this across to people. Like, you need to put across these stories, and you don't know the stories. You're getting these people mixed up, you're getting Naito mixed up with Akada, and we don't look anything like each other. You know, you just, use Don Callis, use Kevin Kelly, it's a proven pairing for New Japan. It works, just there's no reason to use anyone else like you're not popping a rating because as there you know not anymore you know it sort of helped me get into it with wrestle kingdom nine but you know matt striker was there who actually does know it's shit none of these guys know their shit despite the fact they're doing commentating on the matches for access tv it's a bit fucking embarrassing seriously just don't use them anymore and to be honest i'm actually glad what happened later in the show not because of an injury but We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it, but that's the second to last match. So let's just jump into it. First match of the night was the Bullet Club team of Chase Owens, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, Takahashi and Haku, yet. Um defeating Ghetto, Rocky Romero, Sho Yo and Yoshiashi. Good opener. Can't complain. Um five out of five. Five out of five, five out of ten. Sorry, it's definitely not a perfect match. Um it was a fine opener, crowded was into it. Bullet Club's always going to get a crowd going, you know. But, you know, there wasn't anything particularly exciting in this match. It was just an opener. You know, just... Fine. It was fine. 5 out of 10. Fine. And that was closely followed by a match which may have G1 implications. Maybe. I can't remember the blocks off the top of my head, but it's embarrassing. It's Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki versus Ishii and Yano and... Yeah, another another good one, but better than before. Cause the stuff I can actually remember from this match. Um, I loved the counters. Um, Zack Saber Jr. had for his um for Yano's shit. Like low blow, just catching it and putting it into a submission. And the finish was cool, where he basically just caught it. He was about to put put him into submission. Then Ishii gets the lariat and gets the win. Um, with Yano picking up a pin. So it's sort of like is it, the embellishment of. Losing Tiano with none of the cred loss of losing Tiano, you know, great, great way to do it. Um, I'm makes me a bit hyped for the G one because all these guys are going to have really good matches, really fun matches. Um, Yano I don't, I don't like him in every match, but he's going to have one funny match this G one. Last year he had two. I liked his one with a Acada, and I liked his one with a Mega. So, yeah, but looking forward to it. This is a fine match. Six out of ten. Yeah, best stuff I can remember. So six out of ten. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's a good it's a good second match, I guess. Next up was Hangman Page and Mighty Skill defeating Tanahashi and Kushida. Another fine match, fine back and forth. Not really much worth much worth talking about. Hangman gets um momentum going into the G one, pinning Kushida. I think they could have done some shenanigans and have him beat Tana. You know, I understand you don't want to give away Tana victory in a random tag match, but still I think that could have worked. But still hangman case meant to go into the G1, nothing to complain about. 5 out of 10. The next match was of the weight title. It was Jeff Cobb versus the champion Hiroki Goto, with Hiroki picking up the... <laughs> Does anyone call him Hiroki and not Goto? It's weird. Um, With Goto picking up the victory with the GTA and... Yeah, fine. It was really good. Really good, I think. It was about on the level of Nagata versus Walter. 7 out of 10. Um... Yeah, it was... But some really good, most of the spots were just sort of cool Jeff Cobb spots that you'll see in every Jeff Cobb match. You know, it was it was really fun, a really good match. Um, I thought for a second Jeff Cobb was going to win. I thought mobile no, occasions okay, actually Jeff Cobb was going to win. You know, I was at, I'm bad to perceive of the whole thing, but looking back, it wasn't anything particularly memorable because I can't remember much about it. But I really enjoyed my time watching it. It was a really good match. It only lasted about 12 minutes. They packed a lot into those 12 minutes. Like, they packed enough for a 15-minute match into those 12 minutes. So, there's no complaints from me. Jeff Cobb is going to be a fucking superstar when he goes into a big company that's going to push him without a mask. You know, because Matanza isn't going to build up Jeff Cobb's name if he can't use it outside. But, like, when he can finally get pushed in New Japan or WWE or even Impact, you know, him versus Brian Cage and Impact, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eyelid without that being awesome. You know, that would make me watch a TNA show if him versus Brian Cage was on it. But, yeah, really good when Jeff Cobb's going to be a superstar. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Goto does in the G1, because it's either going to be magnificent or nothing. You know, it's, there's sort of no in-between with Goto. But this was a really good match, 7 out of 10. Next up was J team of Sonata and Evo taking on the Young Bucks, V.I.W.G.P. IWGP Tag Team Championships, and first of all, holy fuck, This is about on level for me with their Dominion match. Maybe a little bit below. But still, their Dominion match was, what, 9 out of 10? If it wasn't 9 out of 10, it is 9 out of 10. This is like 8, 9 out of 10. This was just spectacular. You know, like, these two have such a chemistry. It's the best tag match going right now. I can't think of a tag pairing better right now in my head. With the exception of, like, Golden Lovers and Young Bucks. But, you know, that's something you definitely want to space out. This is something you can have more after. A bit more often, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, it was a bit different, a bit less selling from the last one, less psychology, but more moves. If you know what I mean, it worked better, I think, for an American audience. More of a PWG match than a Ring of Honor match, if that makes sense. Um, like I loved a lot of spots, like um, Sonada catching one of the bucks outside into the skull end. That was. Great. Um, the Bucks doing my normal flippy shit. This match was just amazing. When a million miles per hour, it's matches like this is why I don't take notes anymore. Because the, <laughs> the people like the Bucks and later on with Takahashi versus Dragon Leo, although that has a separate problem which we'll be getting into. It they just move too fast for me to be taking notes, you know. I have to keep the matches and that does affect my opinions on the match, which is which sort of affects my opinions on wrestling in general, so I just don't take notes anymore if I remember something great, if not, like, much like the last match, this is a match I'm definitely going to be rewatching. Like, it's not multi-layered or anything, it's pretty much what you see is what you get. Like I said before, there was less selling, it was more about the moves and the spots, you know, but <laughs> that's fine. For a Young Bucks match, that's something they that can also do really well. The Young Bucks have actually really improved. Like, it's weird. Cause it seems like they've been the biggest tag, um, indie tag team in the world since they left TNA. You know, like even when Carnet wasn't pushing them in Ring of Honor, they were lighting up PWG. From what I hear, I I'm I'm not old enough to remember that. Really, I only probably became a mark in like 2013, 2014. So and that was like in 2012. So I can't really comment on that. But yeah, it was all pretty amazing. All pretty fun. Just. Again, Evil and Sonata are going to be superstars when they eventually go single, especially um, Evil. Like, I think Sonata still has a, a, a bit of a way to go, but I think he could be there. Evil's very close to being there already. The, this, everyone in this match is great. It affirms for me that the M-Bucks should have went up for the heavyweight division, but we're definitely done with the genius. Um, where did the Young go from me? Well, we don't really need to worry about defending the tag titles until maybe the G1 um, final, but apart from that, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, really good match. Definitely check it out. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, I can't decide, let's say. it's. I don't like it as much, and I don't remember as much as their first match, or let's say 8 out of 10. Really good. I think it was around here where New Japan announced some more shows for the US in September. One of them is a Lions Gate Show, which is interesting. I haven't watched many Lions Gate Shows. Basically, I'll catch a Lions Gate Show if I am up, at like, what, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning when they're on. And I'm just sort of like, fuck it, I'll watch them. Young know, Lions, Eugene, the normally on these shows. So that's always fun. Um, but for the most part, I don't watch Liongate Gate shows, which I really should. I've heard of actually decent. Like, especially since I'm not watching basically any WWE apart from NXT. It does free up a lot of your schedule. Like, seriously, if you're just going to bitch about Raw, stop watching it. It's why I did like two, three years ago. And I've been happy ever since. I'll catch the of Raw, but, you know. But, you know, a Lionsgate Gate show in... America, at least that's what I got. It did have lion in it, so it has to be a young lion show. That's very interesting. I don't, I, I don't know where it's being held. It's a convention center. I'm pretty sure. Like if it's five hundred people, that might sell out. I don't see a Liongate show pulling a massive crowd. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But you know, more shows coming to the US—that's always a good thing. Um, just to diversify the crowd, which I'll touch on the crowd right now. They were mostly well behaved. Like usually, and by that I mean they weren't being too smarky. Like, with the exception of the two suites. But they mostly kept that to like matches with bullet club members in them, so that that's kinda fine. I still don't like the uh, like it, but at least they're keeping it to bullet club members, you're not know, ruining non bullet club members' matches, you know? Can't can't complain. Can't can't complain at all. The crowd was very well behaved. It wasn't like fucking just standard NXT or takeover or raw crowd, you know, just Yeah, it's a really good crowd, really good crowd. Of all UK crowds, sort of mix the non-smarkiness of the U- of um, Japan with the enthusiasm of America, you know. So I'm just saying, UK crowds are the best. It's coming home. It's not coming home. It's not coming home. Next up was Osprey and Okada taking on um, Naito and Bushi, with Osprey picking up the win over Bushi. I don't know why we just didn't have Okada beat Bushi you know, or Naito be, well, I guess you don't want to, like, Bushi's the most expandable person in this match. Although, if you remember, I think both me and Rob said that we thought Naito was going to beat Akada for a prop, you know, and it isn't going to hurt Okada to take that pin, you know, I don't know why they didn't. Like, it just, it does keep both squeaky clean going into the G1, but giving people advantages going into the G1, that's not a bad thing, but I guess these two are your biggest players in the G1 this year because the champion never wins the G1. Oh, when the, it's very rare that they win the G1. I can't. I. I. They haven't won the G1 for as long as I've been watching. Um, New Japan. I'm sure they have won the G1 at some point. I'll have to look that up actually. But you know, the champion rarely win wins the G1. Um, Okada or Naito. We'll be actually. We'll put that over on. Commentary, Tree hot tipped for finals. I I don't think that but my ideal final I think is Akada versus um Ibushi, because we haven't really had that outside of the Tiger Mass match. So I really want that. But yeah, keep fine, keeping them both. Like the match is five out five out of ten. Actually no six out of ten, because fucking Osprey and Naito had some really cool sequences. It really makes you want to see Ospreay as a heavyweight. He's much like the Unboxer, he's definitely outgrown, in both in terms of name and in terms of just who the fuck he is. I guess that's the name. But in ter- just, he's outgrown the juniors, so he really needs to be moved up. He, he had some great sequences with Naito, um, and I think him in the G1 would be amazing, because working a heavyweight style might make him less susceptible to injury. You know, as we'll be getting into in a second, but yeah, it was a fine match. Um, I think someone should get momentum going into the G1, which is this week, you know? Fuck, I'm excited. Ah, uh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to watch that to the evening for personal reasons. Oh, God, fuck. I, I don't know why I'm going off on that tangent here on the podcast. Oh, no. Oh, no. Just moving on. Moving on quickly. Five out of ten. I should be a heavyweight. Go Night to the G1. Look, I'm not going to review this match. I'm not going to give this match a score. This match failed in what a wrestling match does. It's Takahashi versus Dragon Lee, and Dragon Lee gave him. I I know it as a Stenalizer when Kevin Steen does it. Apparently, it's Koobushi's move. I know Koobushi does it, but I still see. It. I see it as a Kevin Steen move. Okay, I, I know it's for stenalizer. and guys, normally Bushi, a uh, Bushi rather, um, crad um, cradles like you were doing in Northern Lights. And I think that, I think that's meant to help a little bit, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like a move. It seems like a move, especially for someone of Dragon Lee's height, that was always going to break necks. Like I remember going into this hearing that Takahashi had broken his neck. I didn't. I wasn't able to sit up to watch it, so like, I didn't watch it until like two days later, uh, which is why this is late. I do apologize. But I had heard, and I assumed this because Takahashi was stupid. It wasn't because Takahashi was stupid. Dragon Dragon Lee should not be doing... Dragon Lee is not big enough to be doing that move. I'm sorry. There's not enough time between setting up and going down where where's the fuck up you can adjust your neck. You know he just shouldn't be doing that move. And he continues after. They both continue. And Takashi wore back of his own steam and apparently made, been able to go back to Japan. Which means it's not as serious as I thought it was because I don't think they'll let you fly with a seriously broken neck. I, I of course, don't know, but... It's still a serious injury. I think he's still going to be out for quite a while. And so this match failed on the fundamental level of wrestling, where it is. And to, like if you went to a if in a movie, a fight scene actually injured someone, but this 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 guy would not be considered a vogue stuntman or a vogue ma- um, martial uh, artist in movies. You know, just I refuse to really take this match as a match. It's a Dragon Lee versus. Um, Takahashi match, which, of course, makes it really good. But go watch their junior match. Go watch their match last year at, I believe, Secura Genesis. It wasn't Secura Genesis. It was something else. Um New Beginning. Go watch their matchup last year at New Beginning. Go watch the Cub fans playlist on um YouTube, because he has all the matches in Mexico. Just don't watch this one, because I think they edited it out. Actually, a new Japan World. I don't remember seeing him do the move. But I remember I I went out and sought it after I knew what actually injured him. And <laughs> nasty, fucking, it's fucking nasty stuff. Dragon Lee should just not be doing that move. I'm sorry. It's and if a power driver is too dangerous, that move is definitely too dangerous, especially for such a short man. So yeah, just get well soon, Takahashi. I was ready to rinse you, thinking it was your fault. This really wasn't your fault. Uh, such it's such a shame. We 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 were all thinking this is gonna be match of the like, night, you know. And you know, what? even with what I think is match of the night, I don't know if this would have been because at the end of the day, we ha- we did have their full match, and I, f- I don't know whether or not my opinion of the match is swayed because of the injury, because I still have I still think. Highly of Shibata versus Akada because I didn't know about the injury going in. But I can't think highly of this because I just was watching it, waiting for the point where he broke his neck. Because I had to watch it, I have to review view it as part of this. So. <sighs> Fuck. Okay, like to know. note. Like to know. Next up was Juice Robinson versus Jay White for the US title. And oh my god. Oh my god. Match of the night. It was so. Good. It was so old-skill. That's what really strikes me. It was a lot of um, Jay White working over Juice, um, throwing him into the barricade and such. But at one point, we threw him into the barricade, like, on the, en- on the right of the entrance, and just <laughs> the barricaded sparks. Were- such was the thought that Juice was going into it. It was an actually fucking amazing old-skill, like, NWA, old school NWA main event. It was amazing. Just straight away, I'm giving that a 10 out of 10. Um, what I will say is they um, did into JR, which, it, if it's true, they didn't say anything to JR, like, got, look, we're throwing people in there. That's a bit shitty, but at the same time, when you see the guy, when you you can clearly see a while before, that's what they're setting up. i move out away just a little bit, you know. Um, I understand JR really can't. From what I've heard, he might have broken a rib, which isn't good. But I, what I will say, Josh Barnett is saying him going into the ring, like it really did that did enhance the match in the end. But Josh, Josh Barnett saying him getting up and almost about to fight, um, Jay White was a um wasn't a work. that's true Josh Barnett. You are you don't do that, okay? It, it it's a very big show. You don't do that. You. You've chased him up after the show. I don't care how heated you are. you left your position to go fight someone while they're doing their job. You know, I don't care if they accidentally injured your colleague. You don't do that. If this all turns out to be a work, then fine. But Josh Bennett, if you did that, you're, you're a piece of shit. Um, Juice Robinson. <laughs> that whole ending sweat stretch. Holy shit. Like, he, he almost won it so many times. He almost lost it so many times. And... Just in the end, when he finally got that roll-up, the most pure babyface heat you've ever seen. This was both men's coming-out party, as me and Rob said it would be, as I said it would be, back in my first review of Pro and Duntaku. This is the first match I ever said I was really looking forward to, and it did not disappoint. 10 out of 10, proper old-school face heat stuff. Love it, love it, love it. Go watch it. Honestly, match of year candidate. Match of the year candidate. Top 10 match of the year candidate because nothing's topping Omega versus Akada. I'm sorry. But, um, top 10 match of the year candidate. Um, but G1 might like, completely screw over with that. But, ah, uh, Christ, it's put both men on the map. If you weren't fa- a fan of either of these men going in, you're a fan of both men coming out. Juice Robinson, CJ Parker, is your US champion. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Go watch this show. Oh, very quickly, about Spinebuster on the apron. Ouch. 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 Oh, Christ. These two suffer from a rat. Wow. Wow. This. Yes. Yes, great match. Shout out to them. But remember, final match of the night, which was Cody versus Kenny Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and this match definitely exceeded expectations. Definitely exceeded expectations. Um, Cody's entrance. Cody's entrance is always pure gold, but this was... Pure gold, him doing like the fucking King Mabel entrance. Perfect. It's absolutely perfect. You know, for the heel he was playing coming in, not necessarily coming out. It was perfect, exactly what was needed. Um, Kenny Omega coming out with the Bucks, because it makes sense, Kota wasn't on the CAD. So Kenny Omega coming out with the Bucks was really good. Um, nice to see after so long. I haven't really seen it since Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think. Oh no, he's still about Bullet Club when he fight. Was he still about? I actually no, it was after he lost to Jay White. This year's just been a blur, man. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, so all really good. Kenny, Mega versus Code Basically, the, big, the biggest babyface versus the biggest heel, and that's all you really need. And we definitely underestimated... This was definitely... The storytelling in this match outshone the work rate, but at the same time, Cody... Like like we said last week, when Cody was leading the match, it's was really good. It was clear, clear that Kenny was leading this match just because it was at a much faster pace than the match at Ring of Honor. And I think the setting helped too. I think the setting of it being a Ring of Honor show last time around sort of helped the match a little bit because that wasn't where the story was taking place. So, having a new japan ring really helped um just so it was a very crazy spot It was a very w w e esque w attitude error match you know sort of bumps off of the ladder that bump Cody took on the table it didn't even break it was oh... it was na i don't know if it would have been nastier if the table had a, had broke, but oh God, it was absolutely nasty. I love the book sort of trying to step in when we thought Cody was going too far, or when we thought Kenny was going too far. You know, it's sort of like, oh shit, these guys are both our friends, we don't want either of them to get hurt. Like, that storytelling was amazing, and great work rate. Um, Kenny kind of sort of hit the one angel angel out of nowhere, in my opinion. But at the same time, it didn't have a match, it was a very long match, it shouldn't have went longer than it did, what was it, like half an hour, 35 minutes? Um, It helps that the people um, announced it over the years to come. But it was a really good match. Kenny picking up a win. The right guy won. Um, Cody's taking a break, which is a shame, but this was definitely Cody's best ever match. Um, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. 10 out of 10? I'm stuck between the two. No, but I can't fault this match or anything, really. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. It's completely exceeded expectations. I absolutely loved it can't fold it whatsoever that was on the edge of my seat the whole way through they convinced me Cody was going to win Um, what I will say I don't think Cody should keep using the vertibaker I know he didn't hear him this match but I get it's a it's a very 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 impactful looking move but it's also a bit of a pain in the ass to set up then again so it's for one ring angel so that can, uh, no actually I can't really fold the vertebraker then but he should keep using the vertebraker it's better at the cross but also Kenny's Selling of the Crossroads is the best selling of the Crossroads, because he isn't, like, going running back over. He's actually jack-knifing himself under the head. Such a good match. Nothing to fault by. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes. Post-match, the Tongans! The Tongans attack. Where was Fale? Where was Fale? <laughs> but he's not really there to answer this. But Haku and the Grills of Destiny came out and attacked. Basically laid out the entirety of the Bullet Club, which united them all. Um, I'm curious about where this is going, like everyone else. Um, it looks like the main bit of Bullet Club is now fine. So, this was sort of the end of Cody's attempt at power, which works. You know, so Bullet Club has always respected attempts for power. It's been loads in the history of the Bullet Club, you know. It's why David left it, why, it's why I do left it, it's because of it plays for power. So... This play for power is oh it is it's, it's a it's a failed cue, but Kenny's fine for giving Cody. You know, it works. It it kind of works. I think it helps that they have a common enemy. Now, I love the moment where Cody was just sort of like, nah mate, I was got a hand of a chair's like, nah mate, I respect Kenny too much and attacked him. Um Cody's definitely a better heel, but I'm intrigued to see where this goes. This bullet club I, I we said last time we think Tama should come out. I saw the head of the Bullet Club, I'm having this sort of story going into the G1, it's great, it's less, splint- like, the Bullet Club is now less confusing, there's more defined lines with the exception of Falle, who I think is going to be part of the Tongans, to be honest, yeah, he's definitely going to be part of the Tongans, and so that line's going to be drawn, and I look forward to see where this goes. Is Tama in the same block as... Can he? I don't know. I think that could lead to something. That could definitely lead to something. And we look forward to see where this leads. Just, I... Again, this Bullet Club feud has so many layers. Of so Tama was always, sort of... The Tongans were always, sort of, in the corner. of so anything could happen with them. They're, sort of, a wild card. And we've, sort of, played a wild card. Haku should not stick around. Haku is just, sort of, standing there. You know, Haku does not need to be anywhere near the gorilla's death. Um whether there's destiny or new japan just definitely doesn't need to be anywhere near that but this is so interesting i'm so looking forward to see where this goes i feel we're going to get more of this throughout the g1 and i really look forward to see what happens so that was g1 special in usa overall i think that was about as good as duntaku 19. the tag matches was good the title matches was good you know no we had two 10 out of 10s of this show that's, of course, my my personal opinion, and I think it's because I love Juice and Jay White so much that that match got rated so highly, but it was a great match. Um, You know, everything after the first few tag matches was good, was memorable, really enjoyed it. Not, like Dominion, nothing was wasted. You know, with the exception of Haku White, I understand he's there for a little pop, but you know, he's not. It's more of a meme pop than anything else, but. Really good show. Um it was great to grade the show. Solid eight nine out of ten. Really, really fun show. Nothing cut off place. Everything was all cool. Um with the exception of a couple of booking things which I do, did go into. Um G one starts next week, hell yes. Um I'm gonna do the G1 coverage just as a quick thing. I'm not gonna be reviewing every match. I'm gonna be taking the matches from the week. It's gonna be sort of like a I re- normally record these on Thursday. So like a Thursday to Thursday thing, and then I will talk about memorable matches and sort of how I see the tournament panning out at that specific moment in time. You know, I'm not gonna do um, every single match. Like okay. I initially attempted the Super Juniors, of course, but didn't end well. I think because I was trying to watch every match and it did get me burnt burnt out. So of course, watching every match, I'm not reviewing every match. I'm gonna, it's all gonna be an overall view of the layout of the land as it happens. So. I really look forward to reviewing D1. I really look forward to seeing what happens with the Fallout from this, which could, 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 again, could go on for another, another year and a half. There's so many layers to this bullet club storyline, so many options for logical defections. You hear that? Invasion back in 2001. Logical defections. You hear that? Aces and Eights. Logical. I could just name a bunch of failed takeovers and shit. But yeah, such a good show. We're really good stuff set up. I feel I say this at the end of every New Japan show because that's just the way the news goes. I've been Chris Brian for Podmania. Follow me on Oman97 on Twitter. Go read my stuff over the like and nerdy. Follow Podmania on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. Um, it's been a blast talking about this and I really look forward to the G1, as i said a million times, but I can't reiterate it so much. I'm going to stop now so I'll stop rambling. Bye, guys.